Hello, everybody, and welcome to OK, Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong, a podcast for understanding economics. So I think that one of the elements of, of economics that can really lead to confusion among those not heavily schooled in the subject is the number of statistics that get thrown around to describe the economy. Uh, the saying goes that there are three kinds of lies, uh, lies, damn lies, and statistics, <laughs> and with good reason. Because a statistic is really only as good as your understanding of how it was generated and what the limitations of statistical analysis are. Without that, it, it's really just a number that to be ballied about and, in, in the worst cases, manipulated to fit preconceived notions. So, in my effort to illuminate the subject of economics for all of you, I thought that today we would talk about one of the most ubiquitous uh, and also one of the most misunderstood statistics – uh, out there in economics, and that's unemployment. Now, to help me do this, I've gotten a, uh, get a, a as a guest, a representative of the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, the people who actually generate the unemployment rate as we see it. Uh, I've got here uh, Paul Laporte out of the Chicago office. How you doing, Paul? Hey, good to be here. And uh, uh, how about a little background on yourself? Okay, sure. Again, I'm uh, Paul Laporte, uh, economist with the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And as noted there, I'm with the Chicago Office of Economic Analysis uh, and Information. Absolutely. And then, so getting into, yeah, again, unemployment. Uh, it's a number you see uh, on the news. Uh, it, it, again, gets, gets thrown about. And usually it's simply reported as, hey, this is the unemployment rate. And then... You know the 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 punditry kind of goes off and 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 draws their own analysis on it. So, I guess as it's commonly reported, because I, I we'll get down into the, the the more detailed version. But as it's commonly reported, what what is the unemployment okay. rate? So so each each month, typically on the first Friday of the month, the the VLS will release uh, our employment situation. And there are two main pieces of information in that report. One is tracking uh, payroll employment, and the other uh, is tracking uh, the labor force. And from that second report, which we'll be talking about here, is the, the current population survey or the household survey. And that is the survey itself where uh, BLS uh, looks at to generate the monthly unemployment rate uh, for the U.S. Hmm. So uh, what's happening there is on a monthly basis, the Census Bureau is collecting data uh, from over 60,000 households and then turning the data over to the BLS. And it's our job to analyze those findings, those numbers. Okay. And uh, so, I mean, you said uh, you called it a survey. Is it I mean, a, a survey in the sense of, you know, randomly uh, looking at uh, a pool of people and, and uh, extrapolating that out to the, the total population. Right. It, it, it is, a again, a monthly survey. Uh, there is a uh, scientific sample mm -hmm. chosen to best represent uh, the nation as a, as a whole. Okay. So, again, uh, with the survey, uh, again, you may get... Uh, some, uh, because it's a survey, it's out there. You may get some some error uh, involved with that. And then some may say, well, why not, uh, you know, a complete census? It mm. costs a lot of money and a lot of time. And, again, uh, the Bureau, uh, again, this is our business there. We, again, are trying to put out the most accurate number there on a, on a monthly basis. And I think well, we do a good job. Well, and I have to imagine the, the margin of error between the results of a census and the results of a sample, pretty pretty close. Uh, they, I mean, they typically are. In some instances, right, we may be within a couple of tenths, you know, mm -hmm. give, uh, give or take. Uh, but again, data users, again, have to keep that in mind. So if there is very, very little movement, uh, you know, up 0 0.1, 0 0.2, we're not going to go out on a limb and say there, uh, there was a big increase or a big, big decline. We may say it's pretty much unchanged. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, I guess, you know, using the, the survey as, as your, your method, how, 
uh, I guess, how well does this give an accurate reflection of the state of the economy? Again, it is a, it is a survey, so there may be some variance there if we did do a complete, complete census. But again, uh, the Census Bureau, on a monthly basis there, they're, again, trained uh, representatives are collecting data from households across the country asking uh, specific questions regarding activity during the week that includes the 12th of the month. Mm. So that's the key. We're looking at activity of these uh, household members, typically 16 years of age and older, mm. and what were they doing during that particular week? Were they employed, even if it was for one hour? Uh, if they weren't uh, working, if you will, for pay or profit, what, what were they doing? Were they uh, not working? Were they available for work? Uh, were they actively seeking employment? So mm. that's the, the, uh, the fine line there between being classified as employed and unemployed. Mm. And if you add those two together, you get the labor force. Okay. Now, and, and again, you started, uh, you uh, highlighted distinctions there between actively seeking work and and not, and I guess that, that leads us into what most of my listeners may not know, is that uh, as, as far as the BLS generates it, uh, there isn't one unemployment rate. There's six, uh, yeah, typically called U1 through U6. And <clears throat> each of those generates a different number based on I guess, a, well, a different definition of employed versus unemployed. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you mind taking us through? Uh, uh, sure. Each, each Again, the, uh, as long as we've got pretty much the, the foundation here, mm -hmm. survey classified as employed, uh, classified as unemployed, and those who are not classified as either of those are going to be classified as not in the labor force. Okay. So there's just vast amounts of data that are available from this particular survey on age and uh, race and uh, marital status uh, down, the, down the line. Mm -hmm. uh, so from those numbers, again, uh, as noted, uh, the Bureau does report on a monthly basis uh, six uh, different uh, measures of um, labor uh, or actually we call them alternative measures of labor underutilization. So again, there's no uh, no single way of measuring uh, unemployment. Uh, no single way of measuring unemployment can satisfy all uh, analytical or ideological um, interest. So again, we have this U1 through U6. Mm -hmm. There's a very uh, narrow measurement, which would be U1, and I can get into these, oh, and absolutely. Uh, up to the broadest measure, which is U6. And U3, kind of popping around here, U3 <laughs> is the official unemployment rate. So, we, we, again, when most people hear unemployment reported on the right. news, what they're hearing is U3. Right. So, okay. if you take dig a little bit deeper in our employment situation uh, news release, you will see these U1, U2, uh, up, up through U6. And U3 is, again, the official rate where mm. we're literally taking the number of unemployed uh, as a percent of the labor force. Okay. And that's, that's where, that's by definition, that, that's the official unemployment rate. So, again, we have these other alternative measures of labor underutilization. U1 is narrow. In that case there, what we're looking at are only those people who have been unemployed for 15 weeks or longer. So queuing in on that specific group of unemployed. And I guess with, with that, again, that, you know, uh, close of a, or narrow of a look, uh, what, what is U1 really meant to tell us? Uh, again, I taking a, a closer look at those people who have been just that, unemployed for a, a, a lengthy, if you will, mm -hmm. period of time. Okay. So that's exactly, as the number notes there, that's what we're specifically looking at there. And one, I just want to make one note, too. As far as uh, those who are classified as unemployed, again, that could be those who are new entrants to the workforce. If they're out of school and they're a new entrant out there looking for a job, mm -hmm. uh, they could be a re-entrant 
Okay. This is another classification as someone who was unemployed. They could have been out of the workforce for whatever reason. They jump back in looking for a job. They're a, a, a re-entrant. There could also be uh, job losers. Mm-hmm. Again, if they had uh, abruptly, whatever the case may be, lost their job for whatever reason. And then job leavers over the course of a lifetime uh, again, people hold four, five, six, seven jobs yeah. over the course of a lifetime. So those are some subsets of uh, those who are classified as unemployed. Mm-hmm. So U1 is looking at those who have been classified or are unemployed for 15 weeks or longer. Now U2, Measure U2, looks at those people who are job uh, losers. Mm-hmm. They involuntarily lost their job. So again, U2, what's the significance of that? Again, these could be people who have been employed for who knows how long. Could be you know, two months, two years, 20 years, 30 years. Again, we're taking a look at these people who were job losers. That's U, U2. Mm-hmm. And then going in order, U3, as mentioned before, is the official concept uh, or, or measurement uh, of unemployment, uh, of the unemployment rate. And that's been around... Uh, since maybe around the 1940s, so okay. that that uh, formula that has uh, you know withstood you know the, the stand of time here regarding how it's calculated, it is the generally accepted official measure of unemployment. Again, actively you're available and you're actively for the most part looking looking for work mm-hmm. and you be classified as unemployed. And um, as mentioned earlier, employed, unemployed. Uh, the remaining group there would be those who are not in the labor force. Mm-hmm. So there are reasons why people are not in the labor force. They could be going to school. They're not interested in working right now. They could be a stay-at-home parent, whomever, taking care of the kids, uh, young, old, uh, again, taking care of children, taking care mm-hmm. of parents, what have you, stay-at-home person, not interested uh in working, or they could be uh, old. You know, they're not interested in working there. They, they, they uh, again uh, contributed to the economy, and they're just taking a break. So these are again some of the reasons why somebody may be classified as not in the labor force. Well, I mean, I think the theme with a lot of those is they're they're not in the labor force by choice. Uh, they they are again a retiree has choose has chosen to left uh, to the. Grammar's mm-hmm. not my strong suit today. Uh, yeah, a retiree has chosen to leave the labor force. Right. And so, uh, I mean, whereas you could, you know, uh, as a metric of unemployment, count them, doesn't really seem to make much sense. Right. Well, that, that leads us um, to grouping U4. And uh, a set of those who are not in the labor force is what we call marginally attached mm. to the workforce. Those are people who did not uh, look for work in the previous four weeks because then they would be classified as unemployed. Mm. However, they did look for work within the past year. Okay. So that's what we would identify those as marginally attached to the to the workforce. And there could be reasons why they, again, within the past year they looked, but not in the last four weeks. It could be discouraged. You've heard that mm-hmm. kind of term before, discouraged worker. They don't think they can find a job due to their edu- education, uh, for example. They don't think that they can find a job. And then there's other uh, marginally attached workers. Either they had perhaps child care issues or transportation issues. They just, again, were not out looking for a job. They, they want a job and are available, but again, they didn't look within the past four weeks. They did in the past past year. So that's our marginally attached. And we can add those uh, to the mix, if you will. And our U4 measurement would take into account those who are classified as unemployed and add to that group those that are discouraged workers. Mm -hmm. So that's what we count as U4. And then U5 would be the unemployed plus all marginally attached workers. So 
again, you could see we're broadening mm -hmm. from, uh, again, the, uh, those who are unemployed for 15 weeks or longer, now we're broadening our measurements to include not only those who are unemployed, but now we're adding to that either the discouraged workers or the whole group of marginally attached workers. And then finally, U6 takes into account what I had just mentioned there, the unemployed, marginally attached workers. And then we add to that those who are unemployed uh, or excuse me, those who are employed part time for economic reasons, okay. meaning they want full time work, but either due to the state of the economy or whatever the case may be, they were uh, their hours were cut. We're going to add that to the mix as well. And that's going to be what we're noting as U6. So very narrow measure U1 to our broadest measure of U6. So why are we adding, you know, these marginally attached? Why are we adding these uh, part-time for economic reasons? What, uh, again, we're going to uh, count those on or the same ground, if you will, as those who are unemployed mm -hmm. and add them to the mix. So, of course, that number itself will be, of course, larger, you know, percentage-wise compared to U1. You, you mm -hmm. So a lot of times, um, depending on where the number is at, as you noted there, here's the traditional uh, generally accepted unemployment rate, U3. U6 is much higher. Sometimes people may refer to that as the real unemployment rate. Mm -hmm. My answer to those people would be, take a look at our numbers. Uh, the BLS, again, very transparent. Everything we have is out on our webpage. You know, if you can educate yourself going through everything I just mentioned here, the official unemployment rate, adding in marginally attached or discouraged workers or part-time for economic reasons. And depending what it is that the user wants to look at or gain or track, again, the Bureau is reporting these, these six figures. So I would say uh, historically, uh, a lot of times you may just see that the U3 number However, there's just so much more information that is available from this, from the current population survey. So, again, get out there, uh, dig in. The numbers are out there. You can pull anything you need from the BLS website uh, and, and educate educate yourself. Well, and in fact, I'll include the, the link for the BLS website, which is a great site, uh, especially if you're uh, into statistics. And, and even, you know what, even if you're not, it's, uh, it's a pretty valuable site to go to. And I'll include that in the show notes uh, on this episode. So <clears throat> I guess, yeah, with those six numbers available, and granted, yeah, it's it's a little extra work than just sitting down, you know, watching the news and having you three be given to you. Mm -hmm. uh, when you hear the unemployment rate, you go out onto the BLS site, and you can see U1 through U6, you know, charted uh, and... I, I imagine be you know there no one of these I you know U three I think is typically used because it is it's cutting to the chase of, of really what we're talking about because a lot of the marginally attached workers are are marginally attached for a reason uh, and to the point of you could even say I mean, a, a chunk of them are uh, like we said intentionally unemployed but for for whatever reason. Um, but it, it's easy enough to be able to look at all six of them and and make your comparisons off of that. I think, yeah, I, I imagine you'd, you'd recommend looking at all six to get that. Oh, that. absolutely. And I'm, I'm very uh, happy uh, when uh, on first Friday, right after 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, <laughs> no sooner, after 8.30 a.m. Eastern time when – these numbers hit the waves. You'll see the stories uh, out there. Uh, reporters uh, get a chance to look at the numbers before they're made available to the public, and they could put their uh, stories together, and they could ask uh, BLS analysts any questions they have regarding the numbers. And then, again, after 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, the numbers hit the streets. 
And again, I'm uh, I'm uh, very happy to see that not only is the U3, if you will, number being uh, shown out there, but also all of these different uh, measures that that the bureau has. So I'm very happy to see that they're you know they're getting some uh, some play, uh, etc. Uh, historically, all you saw was the top side number again. So I think the the BLS in general, uh, again, educating uh, data users, media, et cetera, on what, what's available. And then again, uh, let the readers, viewers, et cetera, make their own decision or whomever is using our data, what is it that they feel best suits their need uh, mm-hmm. at that time? Well, and then, you know, again, uh, with, with, as with any statistic, uh, you know, the a, a lot can be inferred, a lot can be read out of it. I, as as a you know, with the amount of work and and, and effort that goes into to generating these, I, I guess how closely um, can they be taken as as hard numbers? Of mm-hmm. This this is the number of uh, people employed, or is it better to again for the average person seeing that? Use them uh, comparatively rather than absolutely saying, understanding that there's always going to be margins of error in, mm-hmm. in any you know nationwide statistical uh, calculation. Is it better if if I'm sitting there you know watching the news at night and the unemployment rate comes up to then look back you know the the, the previous iteration what was it then what was it then and and find the trend line. Or again, can I take that as, as again, as reasonably close to an absolute number as, as you can really get? Right. As noted, again, it there it, it is a survey, so uh, there is some uh, small margin uh, of error mm. uh, with the data that we're uh, reporting, like any other like any other yeah, survey. Every and you know the bottom line is, as they say, you know, one month doesn't make you know a trend. Mm-hmm. So again, after you've seen the number, you figure which one it is that best suits your needs. Again, do a little bit more investigating. What did it do? You may want to go and see what did it do over the month, but see what did it do over the year. Mm-hmm. Things of that nature. Is it the same as last year? You know, th- this time around. Okay, things are again. Uh, are they better? Or are they worse? You know, uh, well, you have to figure whomever's using the numbers, they, they can, uh, again, based on their or what they're looking for, are these numbers better better or worse? Again, the BLS, well, we're, we're, we're reporting the numbers, well, then, and that, uh, that's it. Like you said before the show, it's uh, the glass isn't uh, half yeah. empty or eight half out, There's an eight-ounce glass, four ounces of water. It's not half full or half empty. There's four ounces <laughs> of water in it. Uh, and, uh, well, and, and like I said, I, I think that's a... a that's a great point because not only again can can you know people out there with their own agendas selectively pick an unemployment rate to use, but over what course of time you look at it. Because again, month to month, you might have uh, what I, I think the technical term in economics is weirdness, uh, where again jobs spike. Or you know the unemployment rate drops or it spikes or you know something happens due to you know completely you know uh, exogenous factors and but that does not bear out over the year and so you get your trend line uh, you know there's a little variance in it but if you look at it over a long enough timeline it's still pretty smooth um, and right. so I, yeah I think. You know, in reporting and, and, you know, if wishing made it so, they'd go for that since, you know, reporting is going to be what it is. You know, people probably need to, again, check out the BLS website when they're thinking, when they're talking or thinking about unemployment and go, well, let's, let's look at maybe three quarters or three months. Right. Or, and that, you know, and that, and that uh, as you were mentioned, there may be some of these monthly, monthly movements uh, the Bureau does seasonally adjust mm-hmm. uh, a, a great number of our economic data series to take into account any fluctuations or large movements that may take place uh, during a, a, the same particular well, time of year. Well, like December. Like, again, December, you know, you got classic cases in uh, the Midwest, if you will, or north with construction employment, mm-hmm. not seasonally adjusted. Of course, we're going to see, in most cases, 
the numbers not seasonally adjusted are going to decline. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, in December, you've got retail sales. So again, influenced by that particular time of the year. Uh, schools closing, mm -hmm. uh, if you will, in the summer, uh, May, June, those numbers. If you look at not seasonally adjusted numbers, you'll see those numbers, of course, drop. And anything associated with education, perhaps, you know, bus service, uh, things of that of that nature, cafeteria workers, they're all schools out there gone. However, guess what? August, September, you're going to see those same industries uh pop up. Mm -hmm. So again, the Bureau does uh, seasonally adjust a number of their data series, and we definitely recommend if, if there, those numbers are available to look at the month-to-month -month changes using seasonally adjusted data. Okay. Because just what I just mentioned, you may be looking at, um, it may even be in, a, in, in a, uh, a particular state, or even if you're looking at national data, and again, any of those aforementioned uh, scenarios I mentioned, you may see a big pop or a big drop. Well, yeah, that's typical for this particular time of the mm -hmm. year. Let's let's take a look. You know, the Bureau has uh, PhD statisticians, mathematicians, economists, uh, per, per uh, computer. People. Right. They they know what they're doing. Again, our job to get the best, most accurate number out there. Uh, to the to the public, that that's our job. Now, uh, when when it comes to unemployment, does the the BLS also track it geographically? Um, As, yes. You know, if if industries are growing in one place and population is moving there to assume those jobs, is that factored for? Uh, from the household survey, we do provide again a monthly mm. uh, estimate, if you will, of uh, labor force employed. Uh, and unemployed. So that's our, our household survey uh, demographics, age, race, gender, uh, marital status. We also have uh, other uh, surveys that track industry employment from our uh, establishment survey, if you will. So we are, uh, in addition to knocking on doors, uh, homeowners doors, if you will, we're also knocking on businesses no. and capturing information from them. How many people that they have on their payroll? Uh, and again, from that particular survey, we can tell you how many people were employed in manufacturing or construction, finance, uh, education, government, uh, etc. So that's our industry employment uh, report. And again, from there, we can track to see what states uh, what metropolitan areas, and then from other sources down to the county level, how many people are employed in specific industries. Mm -hmm. So that's the industry side of things. Uh, the, as far as unemployment rates, the Bureau also reports on a monthly basis uh, state unemployment rates and metropolitan area data, okay. uh, city and county data, as well. The methodology is a little bit different mm -hmm. than the current population survey, again, because it's uh, depending on how many uh, households, et cetera, are in the sample. The sample that we have now gives us a, again, I believe a, a good estimate for the national uh, rate, which we can publish monthly. However, due to sampling size, uh, there may not be uh, we need other means of generating local area mm. numbers. So we use a little bit different methodology, but nonetheless, at the BLS website, you can capture, again, unemployment rates, uh, all the states, major metropolitan areas, cities and counties um, as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, going into, uh, again, the uh, marginally attached mm -hmm. workers, uh, you had mentioned a few, but generally, who does that include? Uh, just in case people are wondering. Yeah, again, marginally, again, just by definition, they they have not been classified as unemployed mm -hmm. because they did not look for work uh, for the most part in the previous four weeks. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to be counted as unemployed. They will be classified as not in the labor force for various reasons. And then the, the, those that are marginally attached, uh, again, would be those that look for work uh, not in the last four weeks, but in the previous year. And some of those reasons may be they're discouraged about 
job prospects. Don't think they're able to find a job for whatever reason, uh, education perhaps, or there's other reasons for being marginally attached. Uh, they had other uh, other issues, if you will, with transportation, mm-hmm. childcare issues there. But again, in the past year, they did they did look uh, did look for work. Okay, uh, and then you know in the in the research uh, I did for this episode, inevitably uh, you you come across uh, articles uh, and and I. I <laughs> Uh, oftentimes, uh, for for episodes, uh, I'll I'll delve into the uh, crazier sectors mm-hmm. of of the internet for criticisms. The episode I did on the uh, Federal Reserve uh, had some interesting research that came with it. But but here, uh, you know, just you know, generally reputable sources. Everybody everybody wants to pick apart data when they're not the ones who have to compile it. Uh, there, you know, you found some, uh, and uh, I, I, I almost wouldn't even go so far as to call them criticisms, but more like uh, you know that person raising their hand, going, "Well, well, what about this?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, one one sector or one one uh, article uh, by uh, Louis Efron from Forbes back in 2014 was was asking about. Uh, you know, it, it that basically, and you know, he's he's trying to make a bold statement. He's writing an article, got it. Uh, that you know, unemployment's not the real question. We need to be asking about underemployment is the real question. So, I guess, does the BLS have a a method to calculate in in any sort of accurate way this concept of underemployment where? You've got somebody working, you know, maybe a, a job as a, a cashier uh, in retail, but they've got a master's degree, and they're they're not being fully utilized. And and I, I'm sure uh, you get into we're we're getting into subjective territory here. But yeah, is there any metric that can calculate not, that? Not that I'm I'm aware of, but mm-hmm. as noted, it would take obviously some type of a of a survey mm-hmm. where we're literally going to be interviewing. You know what what is your current uh, after all the specifics are taken care of? Where what job are you in? Uh, okay, I have a PhD in uh, nuclear physiology, whatever the uh, proverbial rocket rocket <laughs> science uh, degree is. But, um, you know, waiting tables or something mm. like that. You know, again, there would have to be much more or, or many more questions. Yeah. Do, you know, do you want? Maybe you're happy working in this job. Again, that's where to, to slice and dice. Well, and I think that, that mm-hmm. gets you into another big problem mm-hmm. is if you just flat or straight out ask someone if they felt like they were underemployed, your results would be near 100%. Because I think everybody feels right, like right. Well, exactly. So again, not to, uh, you know, again, to answer the question there, I haven't seen uh, anything. I don't know your research if you were able to pull anything out there of people. Again, you get the concept. Mm-hmm. We need to go and identify and ask questions of people. You know, uh, their their status. Why why are they choosing this job? Who knows? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and so it, that's and it, why, and it can vary. Mm-hmm. Again, I I do, and you know, uh, I, I I criticize people for this on my podcast. This is anecdotal, not mm-hmm. statistical, uh, but I do, in fact, know people who are uh, underemployed, but but by choice, like contently mm-hmm. underemployed. They they have an education that that far outweighs their employment, mm-hmm. but they like their employment, and there's nothing wrong with that nor do i know if uh, nor do i think we can say that that's that they're dragging down the economy by not existing in a job that that fully realizes their at least on paper potential right and obviously you know there are probably you know people out there again anecdotal how many are actually like you just stated there edu- well educated they're unable to find a job mm-hmm. in their in their field so they're I don't want to use the word, you know, settling, but they're they're working in another mm-hmm. in another position. So, well, and then, and I mean, you can also yeah run into people uh, not necessarily underusing, but you know they they got an education, they got that philosophy degree, mm-hmm. which is wonderful to get, and then really hard to shop around. <laughs> uh, 
I've, uh, I've, I've been criticized already for uh, using sociology as the one I as the degree I bag on, but uh, so I'm I'm switching to philosophy for this one. <laughs> but you know, they wound up finding a job in human resources, and they really like that job. And again, that's that's a, a made up scenario. But I know of somebody who has a degree, uh, bachelor's degree in philosophy went on for their MBA, and they are in human resources. So and, and it's, again, the, it's the, peop, the people thing. I, I think the, the, the problem, yeah, you, the problem you'd run into, I, I, I think Louis Efron brings up, is bringing up a fair point, but the, the problem you run into when trying to implement that idea becomes, yeah, how do you calculate for that subjective quality of, hey, you know, some people just, like their jobs mm-hmm. and, and some people just don't you know some people would say that they're underemployed but statistically per their level of education and experience or, you know years of experience no they're they're right where they should be mm-hmm. uh, and and yet they may still hate their job and again that's a person-to-person thing which unfortunately it's really hard to capture in a statistical model mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you had mentioned that uh, unemployment does get broken down geographically, and also by by uh, you. Uh, I think you had mentioned that it gets broken out by sectors of of types of jobs. Because um, I know, uh, you know, one of the other things I found, and and it, it was not so much a criticism again, but you know, pointing out that uh, when you expand out to compare. Uh, the U.S. unemployment rate to the, that of other countries, you run into problems uh, because the nature of a developing country's economy is they may have what seems to be a very low unemployment rate, but that's because most of their labor force are independent farmers, mm-hmm. and, and by, by which really what we're saying is subsistence farmers, which is not necessarily as strong of a driver of the economy as a, the U.S. may have may show a higher unemployment rate than a developing nation, but each one of our jobs is pushing more. So I, I guess in, in the statistics that the, the BLS captures for this, is there a, a breakout where you kind of compare uh, compare that by industry or by type of job. Well, just to go back with any looking at any of the U.S. rates and comparing them to other other countries, the first thing that came into my head, of course, is methodology. Mm-hmm. That's again a big big difference. What are, how are they generating their estimates? You know, how good are they, uh, et cetera? Are we on the same same page? So again, any comparisons, make sure the methodology. Uh, is 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 comparable uh, as far as again uh, the sectors uh, from the household survey when the Census Bureau is picking up the demographics if you will they're asking about the occupation that they're in that is the householder uh, and the members of the household and what industry they are in okay. so as a result we are able to publish unemployment rates by occupational groups uh, and or by industry sectors. Mm. Okay. And so, I mean, again, if, if you dig down, if, if, you were, if, if you were trying to do a comparison between the U.S. And, and, and a country with a very different economy, you could at least break it down to the, the, the job sector level so you could turn it a little more into apples to apples rather than apples and oranges. You would, you would have to... You can try. Mm. That's why I'll, 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 leave, I'll well, leave it at that. At the end of the day, we are talking <laughs> about statistics, and uh, so I, I think yeah, that that, that may uh, you know my uh, uh, part of this podcast is that the answer to every question in economics is that it depends, and I think the answer to every question in statistics might be you can try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I seen a uh, there was again a, some uh, cartoon. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Person standing there outside the economics office or something in a map, or you might be here. <laughs> I mean, uh, unlike the unlike the BLS, there we again we, we pride ourselves on the uh, accuracy mm-hmm. and again uh, uh, 
objective, uh, relevant, uh, timeliness, uh, accessible. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, now, uh, one th uh, one uh, concept that, that did come up uh, several times is the, the uh, and and I, again in reading this, I, I kept getting the sense that there that the people suggesting it are uh, basically trying to take a statistic that would, at the end of the day, really just be uh, the, the, the flip side of unemployment and say, no, no, this is better. And that's uh, labor market participation rate, mm -hmm. which again, at least what, what I was able to get out of it, it's don't, don't, we, we shouldn't be looking at how many people are unemployed. We should be looking at how many people are employed. And I'm, I'm, like I say, uh, I, I don't know if you've had any exposure to, to that, uh, that flip, but it really did seem to me that, well, I can tell you how many people are employed by taking the unemployment rate and subtracting it, you know, subtracting it from 100. Right. I mean, the, again, the, number, the numbers are all there. Mm. Uh, number of people employed, number of un unemployed. Again, the, the, the numbers are all uh, made available. Uh, one other note, and maybe this is what you were getting at, was the labor force participation rate. Mm -hmm. So that would be, again, the, the number of uh, the labor force number itself as a percent of the civilian population. Oh, of, the t of the total population. Right, of, of the population of those who are 16 years of age and, uh, and older. And again, that too, uh, again, I'm glad that uh, the media, et cetera, are picking up on all of these mm -hmm. uh, pieces that the Bureau is, is reporting and not just focusing on the uh, unemployment rate. Again, uh, a large uh, a large quantity of data available, and that labor force participation rate uh, once in a while pops up as well uh, in the media. You know, why uh, or anywhere people are questioning why aren't people either working or, or looking for work. And again, that's, you'd have to dig uh, to see what age brackets mm -hmm. are there you know, the 16 to 24-year-old population, or even, you know, again, college level. Are there more people who are in college these days? They're mm -hmm. not in the labor force. As a result, that particular age bracket, their participation rate uh, may be lower mm -hmm. uh, on average. Again, you, you can track it out. The older uh, population, if you're uh, 65 and over, how many of that particular group are working uh, or looking for work? So labor force participation rate is another another uh, topic. Okay, and 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 I mean, like you were saying, there there are, I mean, entirely uh, reasonable reasons why you would want to again, uh, we uh, the BLS excludes. Uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. people between the ages of zero and fifteen, because I I don't think it's really relevant. Like, of course they're not working. Uh, you know they're you know with the 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 days of children in coal mines sure, and labor are, laws are, are hundred years mm -hmm. in the past. Right. So uh, you know do is it would it really be relevant to add them to the overall unemployment rate? Not really. Yeah. And are the numbers available? You know one other. Uh, within those who are classified as employed, we also have another uh, subgroup in there with uh, unpaid family worker. Mm. Uh, again, if you're working for a certain number of hours, maybe on the, the family farm or a family grocery store, you're not paying. However, you, you still would be classified as employed. So we are capturing the so-called unpaid family worker. Mm -hmm. and, and would that include uh, now... Would that include uh, stay-at-home parents? No, or is that, that, that's completely that, separate. Those are exact something separate. They would be again back to the definition. Did you work for pay or profits? Mm. Uh, they would be for the most part not in the labor force. Okay. Well, and, mm -hmm. and, and again, I mean, uh, typically by choice, and mm -hmm. so it, it makes sense to say, well, you know, again, we, we we don't really need to count that against overall employment. Exactly. Uh, and again, stick with the, the the definition, and you you can't go wrong. There's no no questions who's who's included. I mean, there may be some gray areas, but for the most part, stick with stick with the definition. Who we're counting, who we're not counting, and then wow, should we really 
include someone who is a stay-at-home person or someone who's not interested in a job. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe someone wants to look at those numbers. Have at it. The bureau and, has the bureau has the numbers on right there. And, and again, yeah, I think that's that. Again, as you had said before, reporting or you know uh, uh, being the uh, the Joe Friday, you know, just facts. Uh, and and reporting the the data and the the unemployment rate that's that's the BLS's role uh, again further extrapolations off of that you know that's that's what that's how uh, economics professors get mm -hmm. tenure uh, you know is is going that that extra mile and so because yeah, again that you know one of the uh, other interesting ideas and again based on our conversation I don't think the BLS does this but. Uh, now, once I've read this, now I kind of want to do, take the BLS numbers and start to uh, do this, is, uh, is whether or not there's a metric that would show the overall value of the hours worked. So, again, getting into subjectivity of there is there a value to the overall economy of one job greater than another? So, um, you know, a, the... The hours worked, uh, say, if you're a professional podcaster, uh, you're making money, you're employed, but uh, you are, you know, in a limited way contributing to the economy versus uh, something like, uh, you know, again, a manufacturing employee, uh, a, uh, you know, municipal sewage worker, a garbage man. Again, these have these have high impact. To the economy as a whole, and uh, wondering, yeah, is there? Uh, I, I think I know the answer, but uh, does the BLS try to calculate again that that value, or set something that I'm going to be able to use to get my PhD? I think you'd be able. You could use that to get. To get <laughs> I, not to not to my knowledge. Again, in our economy, there's you know hundreds hundreds of different different jobs. I mean, uh, I, I take the train in in the morning, you see people, again, construction workers, office workers, you've got people in other uniforms, seemingly white, white collar workers. So uh, again, a lot of different occupations. And I would think that each of each of us, each of them is contributing mm. uh, to, to our economy in, in uh, one way or another. Yeah. Well, and, and again, that, that does just lead into, so, you know, one, one of the uh, topics that, that tends to come up in uh, economic discussions is, is the, the general consensus that we're, we're transitioning. The U.S. is transitioning, our whole economy is transitioning into something, uh, I guess, different than what we were, we're really used to. The, the kind of industrial age is giving way to, I think, you know, whoever is able to accurately label this new, <laughs> uh, new uh, you know, uh, age of economics is going to get a Nobel Prize for it. But, you know, the, the digital age or the, you know, again, what... Whatever it winds up being, uh, does is the the BLS at all concerned that as that transition continues, the standard metric of of unemployment is going to uh, lose some of its meaning. If if I, I know a lot of people talk about how as we you know, are predicting that as we move into the future, most Americans are going to wind up being self-employed. Uh, I you know how accurate that is. It's it's an economic prediction. It, it depends. Uh, but uh, if, if there is a major shift in the kinds of jobs that, that Americans hold, uh, I, I think, you know, based on the way the BLS, BLS calculates unemployment, mm -hmm. do you see any problem or, or do you think that number will still be rather meaningful? Again, I, the Bureau... You know, we uh, adapt to change mm -hmm. our goal again, get the most accurate uh, number out there. If, for example, what you just noted, this change or shift in employment, maybe by industry, mm -hmm. of course, who is going to have that number? Again, the BLS, okay. gold, gold standard uh, when it comes yeah, to the statistics. Yeah. We would be the first to know 
uh, or report, okay, here these industries are growing, these these industries are uh, are declining. Again, our role, our job is to be relevant. Uh, um, uh, I'm sure we will definitely keep up. Well, and times. It, it sounds like again, you know, that the you guys are constantly mm-hmm. again adjusting for. I mean, you had mentioned previously again seasonal shifts in unemployment. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine that yeah, if if any of the predictions about what the the you know new you know uh, U.S. economy is going to look like, if any of them come true, one of the first people to tell us will probably be probably be the BLS. Oh, absolutely. We do another one of our programs is employment projections. Mm-hmm. So we look at. Uh, there's a number of uh, projections that we are looking at ourselves, be it the population, uh, age-specific age groups, mm-hmm. uh, what is projected investment, what is projected spending, mm-hmm. uh, what are the projected uh, you know, needs for particular goods and services based on what is projected to be spent or for specific or what is the, again, uh, the age group going to look like in, say, 10 years? Mm-hmm. And as a result, we're going to get a, pro- we can then project what goods and services are going to be needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, and that just so happens to be our projection. We go 10 years out. Oh, wow. And then after we capture industry employment projections, we need to know what are those occupations that are typically found in those specific industries, mm-hmm. and then we take it from there. So we're able to project industry employment as well as occupational uh, employment projections, labor force projections uh, over a uh, over a ten year period. So over over the ten year uh, over the ten year period. So that's again another uh, stat uh, that the BLS uh, produces. Outstanding. Well, uh, I guess, uh, is there anything else uh, as far as, uh, again, unemployment goes that they, the BLS uh, puts together, generates, that, that we haven't covered yet that you think people should check out? Yeah, at this not? point, again, usually first Friday, uh, first Friday, typically first Friday of the month, uh, we'll report on the previous month's uh, happenings, if you will. Uh, again, Employment Situation News Release is on our website there at bls.gov, mm-hmm. front and center, employment situation. You know, Take a look, read through uh, the narrative there. And again, there are a number of tables there. Uh, but again, take, take a closer look. Uh, the Bureau, again, is reporting a lot of uh, really good, really good data. Outstanding. Well... Uh, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, again taking us through uh, the the again at least at a conceptual level the the idea of the unemployment rate and again how to read that. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone out there for listening. Uh, remember to uh, like, share, and subscribe. And uh, if you are listening on iTunes, please rate and review because uh, that's how we work our way up the recommended charts. Uh, and also, again, if you want to support the podcast, uh, be sure to uh, spread the word. Uh, let uh, people know who uh, might be interested in this to uh, listen to the podcast. And uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook under, uh, okay, let me tell you why you're wrong, where you can uh, comment and uh, make suggestions for future episodes. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. I'm Dave Yost, and this has been Okay, Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong.